Hey, this is Pastor Arm, and I want to thank you for joining me today for the Activation Church podcast. We are here so that people can activate their life in Christ, and I believe this message is going to help you go further than ever before. Check it out. Psalm 124, starting in verse 2, the Bible says, if it had not been, if it had not been, if it had not been for the Lord who was on our side. When I started praying and thinking about this particular day and what God would have me share, I was walking through my kitchen and this verse dropped in my spirit, Mary. If it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, I would not be here today. I don't know how many of you have that same story. I would not be here today, but God was on my side. God has been faithful. God has brought me to this moment. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side when people rose up against us, when the challenges seemed impossible, when everything looked like it was going to fall apart, then they would have swallowed us up alive. When their anger was kindled against us, then the flood would have slept, swept us away. The torrent would have gone over us. Then over us would have gone the raging waters. Blessed be the Lord who has not given us as prey to their teeth. We have escaped like a bird from the snare of the followers. The snare is broken. And we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Somebody say, it would have, but it didn't. Now, I want you to think of a song that takes you back to a specific time or to a specific memory Go ahead and get that song in your mind because on the count of three, I want you to shout out that song. It's a song that's going to take you back. Some of you are going to reveal how old you are. Some of you, Jimmy, are, you're going to reveal some of the situations that you may have been in. Because yeah. I'm waiting for you to say, in the God of Davida down there, Jimmy. <laughs> so on the count of three, shout out your song. One, two, three. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing how a song can take you back? You can be riding in the car. A song can come on the radio that you haven't heard in 30 years. Jimmy, it could be something you heard 70 years ago. <laughs> that takes you back to that moment when you were only 25, you know. <laughs> and it takes you back to that specific time, that, that place. I remember uh, several years ago I was in a band. I started when I was around 12 years old, and we went all the way to the time I was around 25. And a few weeks ago, they thought it would be a good idea to put us back together for one night only. My physical body thought otherwise. But as I was going back and listening to some of the songs that we have recorded through the years, my mind went back to specific moments in time. There's there was one song I was listening to, and I can remember being in Nashville, Tennessee, sitting at Bob Evans. Anybody know what Bob Evans is all about? I was in Bob Evans sopping my biscuit. Anybody know what sopping a biscuit's all about? 
I was in Bob Evans sopping my biscuit. My mind went back there. Isn't it amazing how a song can take us back to a memory, to a time, to a place, to a season that we walked through? And that's why I, I read Psalm 124, because that's what David's doing. David is reminiscing and remembering all of the things that he's walked through. He's remembering not just the good times, but he's remembering the struggles. He's remembering the challenges. He's remembering the battles. And he's thinking to himself, you know what? That should have taken me out. When I walked through that season, it should have crushed me. When that person exited my life that I thought would be in my life for the rest of my life, it should have taken me out. But then he says, it didn't, it would have, but it didn't because the Lord was on my side. You know, sometimes we can get so caught up in the moment that we are currently in that we forget about everything that God has already taken us through. We can get so fixated on our current situation or circumstance that we forget that God has already brought us through things just like that. I remember the first time I ever had to back a large trailer. You know, I didn't grow up backing trailers and doing stuff like that. But my wife thought it would be a good idea for us to start practicing homelessness. <laughs> and so we bought a camper. And I was backing it up for the very first time. And I had people behind me on the phone giving me directions. And they're saying, go right. And so I'm going right, but my trailer's going left. And they're like, no, you're other right. And I'm like, you're, you're I don't know what you're saying right now. I don't even know what's happening. And, and choice words came out of my mouth. <laughs> there was a lot of frustration. There was a lot of yelling. There was a lot of screaming involved. If you want to test the strength of your marriage, buy a, a travel trailer. <laughs> but I came through that moment. And since then, I've backed a trailer several times. It's still challenging to me. I'm not an expert by any means, but I don't enter that moment with the same anxiety that I did that day because now I know I have what it takes to do it. I can relax and rest and stay calm and make sure that our marriage is going to remain intact because I've already been through it. What I'm wanting you to see is as David is walking through Psalm 124 and he's reminiscing, he's showing us the power of remembering where you've come from. David learned how to find strength for the current moment by looking back on where he came from. Because sometimes the only way to move forward is by looking back. Did, did you hear what I just said? Sometimes the only way you can move forward is by looking back because right now where you are, everything is so hazy that you can't see, you cannot see a solution. You cannot think of a solution, but if I can look back to a moment that God has already brought me from that was similar to where I am now, then I can rest, I can relax, and I can move from this place of worry 
into a place of worship. Somebody say there's power in remembering. One of my favorite psalms that David wrote was when he said, I would have lost heart, which means I would have given up. I would have fainted. When, when the problem came in, I would have walked away. I would have crumbled under the pressure unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Are, are you following that? I would have given up, but I believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Why was he able to believe the way he believed? Because he had the ability to look back and see what God has already brought him through. He's already learned that God is a faithful God because he's already brought him through some situations that he thought was going to crush him. And he says it would have, but it didn't because the Lord was on my side. And if the Lord was on my side then, then I can believe now that he's still with me and I'm going to see the goodness of the Lord right here, right now in the land of the living. That's got to be your attitude in life. I am going to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living because I remember some stuff he's done. I remember some things he's brought my family through. I remember some moments, some desperate moments in my life where he rescued me, where he showed himself strong on my behalf. And so if he did it then, I have to believe that he will do it Again, and as I remember, it gives me the strength for the moment. When David goes to face Goliath, everybody around him is saying, you can't. You, you, you don't have what it takes. You're just a little boy, and Goliath is a man of war. And David could have crumbled under the opinions of the people. He could have allowed fear and worry to settle in. And start thinking, you know what, maybe they're right. Maybe this one is the one that is going to take me out. Have you ever been in a situation in your life where you're like, maybe this is the one? Like, this, this is the big one, like Red Fox. <laughs> this is the big one. <laughs> but he does something. In the midst of them telling him why he can't, he says, you know what, I remember a lion. And I remember how God saved me from the lion. Oh, yeah, also there was a time that I had to face a bear. And I remember the moment that I faced that bear and took him out. And I just believe that if God helped me with the lion and God helped me with the bear, then God's going to help me with this giant as well. Because I remember. Are you getting this? Remembering has the ability to move you from that place of worry into worship because you've already seen his faithfulness. And God does not change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. A few days ago, I was reviewing the video that we showed this morning for our 10-year anniversary. And as I was watching it, Obviously, that video is a highlight reel of just a few of the moments that we've experienced over the past 10 years. 
it's nowhere near a complete picture. But it's also some of like the, the high moments, you know, like building a building or having a first service or watching your kids sing. Like, and that's all wonderful. I, I love remembering the highlights in my life. But as I was watching the video, I also remember all of the struggles that we've had to go through as a church to still be here today. Josh, I was thinking about some of the crisis that, that, that you guys have had to walk through in your life personally, but you're still here because the Lord was on your side. Debbie, you're still here because the Lord was on your side. But when you thought, Debbie, I'm talking to you, everybody else, y'all just excuse me. Debbie, when you thought life was over, that there was no way to move forward, you made it through because the Lord was on your side. And that is the story for every single person in this room. You are here today doing what you're doing because the Lord is on your side. So, you know, it's great to remember the highlight reels in our life, but sometimes we got to go back and remember the stories behind the reel. It, it's great to remember the moment we took out the giant, but we need to remember the struggle that God brought us through that got us to that moment to where we could say, this giant's going to fall. You know, it, it's great to celebrate a physical healing in your life. If God's ever healed you, it's great to remember your healing, but it's also great to go back and remember the disappointment of the news that you got from the doctor and, and, and the moment that you thought, I, I don't know how this is all going to work out, and it leads up to that moment of God stepping in, showing up, and doing something amazing, and so you remember it all, and it leads you from worry into worship. It gives you the strength and the endurance you need for the current moment. Because when you're in the current moment, it's tough to navigate the current moment without the knowledge of here. My dad always said, hindsight is 2020. So sometimes it's difficult to see here, but I can always look back with clarity. Oh, come on, somebody. You got to hear this today. Because some of you, the victory you need now is somewhere back there. Somewhere back here, you can reach out and take hold of a past moment where you saw God work and pull it into your now. And move from that worry and that anxiety and that fear and that pressure into a place of worship where you go, God, you are so faithful and good and kind. And the more I step into that atmosphere of worship, the, the less aware I become of the problem that I felt like was going to crush me. Somebody say there's power in remembering. Revelation chapter 12 verse 11 says that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb. So let's stop there. First, our victory is because of his blood. We can because he did. The Bible says that I can do all things 
through Christ who strengthens me. So I stop right there and pause and say my victory is because of his blood. I can because he did. I can do all things because he strengthens me. So that's part of it. It is his blood, but it's also, he says, the word of your testimony. So it's the blood of the lamb. It is what Jesus has accomplished for us that sets us into a place of victory, but that comes into partnership with the word of my testimony. And when those two things intersect, I become an overcomer. What is a testimony? It's simply what God has done for you. Your testimony is everything that God has brought you through. Your testimony is that he brought you out of darkness into light. Your testimony is, for some of you, that you were wrapped up in a lifestyle of addiction and now you're set free. Your testimony is the moment that something looked like it was going to fall apart and yet God intervened and made a way where there seemed to be no way. And so I'm able to overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. Why? Because my remembrance of what God has done for me gives me the strength to stand. Somebody say, it gives me the strength to stand. I love the story of Israel when, when God's bringing them from the wilderness into the promised land. He's already brought them from captivity They've been in the wilderness in a season of waiting, and they come to this place of where now it's time to step into the promise that God has for them. And so in between them and their promise, there's a river, it's the Jordan River. And when you think about the Jordan River, I don't want you to think about a little stream. This was a mighty river, and this is the time of the year where the river is actually overflowing the banks. And so God has to perform a miracle for them to be able to cross over. So he cuts off the water and allows them to walk across on dry ground. But watch this. He tells the nation of Israel, as you cross over the Jordan on dry ground, I want you to get 12 guys, one man from each tribe, and I want you to pick up a stone. Somebody say, pick up a stone. I want you to pick up a stone, and when you get to the other side, I want you to build a memorial. I want you to build a place of remembrance. Why does God do that? Well, if you read on in the story, you'll see that God says this is for future generations. See, the problems that you have faced in your past aren't the only problems you're going to have. God knows that they're going to face some problems in the future as well, and he wants them to look back at the stones that are stacked there by the Jordan River. And when they see the stones, they remember, if God did it for me then, he can do it for me now. 
I don't know who needs to hear this this morning, but somebody's got some stones in this room that you need to remember. You need to go pick up those stones, start collecting stones. Every time God does something for you, write it down because that becomes a stone in your arsenal that you're going to need at some point in time. It's going to become some fuel for your future so that when worry starts to arise in your life, you can drop a stone on it. When anxiety starts to well up in your mind and in your heart, you can drop a stone on it. When the enemy tells you that it is over, you can drop a stone on him because you remember the times that he's brought you through. And if he did it then, why won't he do it now? For those of you who are like currently in a problem right now, you do remember that this is not the only problem that you've had to deal with in life. You've already overcome some things. How do you know, Pastor? Because you're still here. You're still standing. You may, you, you may still have some struggles, but you're still standing. And you're going to have the ability to stand. And you're going to have the ability to move forward. Because greater is he who is within you than he who is within the world. You've got some stones, and you need to start building a memorial with these stones. I'm not talking about living in the past. I'm not for that. I'm talking about looking back at the moments that God rescued you and remembering and worshiping him and thanking him for seeing you through then because it becomes the substance you need for the moment you are currently in. Go to Psalm 13 with me. I want to show you something. Because we've been talking about David this morning. And sometimes when we read stories about guys like David and we hear some of the things he said, we, we think that he never had any problems. We think he never had any doubt in his life. But watch what he says here. In Psalm 13, starting in verse 1, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? David in this season, whatever he's walking through in this moment, it, it is so intense that he feels like God's nowhere near him. I don't know if you've ever felt that way before. But God, where are you? That's where David's at right now. The, the pressure is too much for me. I, I, I don't even feel the presence of God. I, I don't know where he is and I cannot see, I cannot see through the haze of my life. And he says, how long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Light up my eyes lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemies say I have prevailed over him. Lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. But I have trusted in your steadfast love. You, you may feel absent, but I know you're not absent. Are, are you catching that? See, sometimes God may feel absent in your life, but he's not. 
Sometimes he will step back to bring us through something because he knows the process of bringing us through it is going to give us the strength we need for a future season. He says, but I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. Are you seeing it? Even though I'm in the midst of this place in my life that is, it feels like it's crushing me, I'm going to muster up a song to sing because I remember that the Lord has dealt bountifully with me. So, so David starts off zooming in to his problems, his fears, his worry, his frustration. He's voicing his complaints to God, but he doesn't stay there. He zooms out from the situation by remembering that the Lord has dealt bountifully with him. You, you want to know why you get stuck in the middle of a situation sometimes? Because you stay too zoomed in on the situation. See, it's okay to have those moments where you come to God and you, you're like, God, I don't know. I, I, I thought you, I, just, I, I don't know. I, I, where, I don't know where you are in this situation. This is difficult. God, I've been crying out, and I, I don't feel like there's a response. It's okay to have those moments. God, God can handle those moments. But at some point, I've got to learn how to zoom out from that moment, to remove myself from the worry of that situation and zoom out and pan out through my worship and start seeing things through God's heavenly perspective. Yeah, I, I am in the situation that I don't know how it's going to work out. But I do remember also, God, you've dealt bountifully with me. And so instead of worrying about it, I'm going to worship you. Because if you've done it for me then, I know you can do it for me now. But if we stay zoomed in, we camp out in our worship. I, I want to show you something. Um, John, will you hop up here on stage? Let's hear it for John this morning. Come stand with me. Now, John, I want you to turn to face that camera. Wave to that camera, say hello. And I'm going to ask that you would take that shot. Now, John, don't let this go to your head because you're going to be famous. That's, that's, a, that's a tough cross to bear, my friend. Can't even go to a Mexican restaurant with somebody saying, hey, I've seen you on TV. But watch this. See, see John? Just stay right there with him. Don't follow me. Who is bigger, John or this water bottle I'm holding in my hand? Hello, talk to me. John's bigger than this. I was going to talk to you about that, John. You need to start drinking a little more water. You're starting to become a full gospel preacher. No, I'm just kidding. But watch this. What happens sometimes is when we're in the midst of worry, Are you following this? When we're in the midst of the worry, what looks bigger now, the water or John? The water. Why? Because I'm zoomed in on the water bottle. That's what happens when we fixate on our problems. When we get wrapped up in our worry, all we see is the problem. Remember last week I told you that worry is actually worship in the wrong direction? See, both will bow a knee. 
Worry will bow your knee to the problem. Worship will bow your knee to God. Worry will magnify the problem, but worship will magnify your God. So what happens is, as I begin to worship, I begin to zoom things out and put them back into proper perspective. Are you following that? That's the power of your worship. Thank you, John, for helping me. That's the power of your worship. It has the ability to pull things into proper perspective. Things that seem so big when they're right in front of your face, and if you take time to zoom it out, you realize, wow, God is so much bigger than this. I've got news for you. God is bigger than anything you are currently dealing with in life. Well, it doesn't seem that way, Pastor. Zoom out. Zoom out. Start looking at it from a different perspective. Start worshiping, because what happens in worship? Worship moves you into freedom. Are you familiar with the story of Paul and Silas when they're in prison? This isn't like prison today. They didn't have HBO in yard time. This is a stinky, smelly dungeon. It's dark. It's damp. They don't know what the outcome is going to be. If, if anybody had a right to worry, it would have been Paul and Silas. And they are in prison because they preached the gospel. So they could have even been mad at God. I was doing what you've called me to do, God, and now here I am in the middle of this dark, damp, stupid dungeon. But that's not what they did. I'm sure they had those feelings. I'm sure they had those feelings. I'm sure they, they had a little bit of worry rise up because they did not know how it was going to pan out for them. But instead of getting wrapped up in the worry of the moment, the Bible says that they started singing songs and hymns to God. And as they began to release their worship, the chains that were binding them fell off, and the prison doors opened wide. Why? Because that's what worship does. Worship invites God down into the middle of your situation. Worship creates space for God to move. God will never move in the middle of your worry if you stay in worry. How do I know that? Because without faith, it is impossible to please God. God is never moved by our worry. He is moved by our worship. The Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. And so when his people start praising him and worshiping him, it gets his attention. He says, I'm going to step down. I'm going to show myself strong. On their behalf, I'm going to move for them because they have placed their trust in me. What are you going through today as an individual? It's just me and you now. Those who are watching online, it's just me and you. What are you going through right now? You have the option to deal with what you're going through in worry or worship. The choice is yours. 
I told you last week, we do not get to choose the seasons that we're in. I wish that we could, but we can't. We don't know what tomorrow holds. And so we can either live life in worry of what could happen tomorrow, or through worship, I can start adjusting my eyes to the one who holds my tomorrow. How do I do that? In the middle of crisis, how do I do that? See, it's easy to talk about it when you're not going through something, but when you're in the middle of it, I've got to be able to look back. And as I look back, I can bring it into my moment, and I can hold on to that in my moment and use that as the fuel I need to worship, the fuel I need to praise, the fuel I need to build some faith to move me through. But the decision is ours. The decision is yours. Do you live as a worrier or do you live as a worshiper?